This episode is sponsored by Eternal Inc. and Atonement Books. All right. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Books Closed. I, as always, am Andrew Stortz. And this week, I am joined by the one, the only, Justin Weatherholtz. Hello. How are you? Great. Thanks for being <laughs> here. You had an interesting story when you walked up to this building. Yeah. Pretty true. I'm still like kind of tripping out a little bit. It's pretty nuts. Like I, my old band, we recorded in this building. And so the two times now that I've been recorded living in New York has been in this building, which is really weird. When you walked up, you're like, wow, this is so weird. I thought you just meant like, this is a weird building because it's like yeah. a locksmith <laughs> and like a, a non-door yeah. downstairs. Yeah. But no, you had more. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty bizarre. The topic of discussion today is one of my favorites. And that is industry disruptors in tattooing. (laughs) Disruption. Disruptors. (laughs) And it's an increasing trend that I find in my endless research of topics to uh, discuss on the show. And I usually find the most humor in it because a lot of them are goofy. Many of them are noble ideas and most of them just don't pan out. Right. So I'm going to take you on a journey then today. But before we start that, let's talk a little bit about you, just in case those out there listening aren't familiar with you or your work. Uh, You've been tattooing at King's Ave for a long time. Yeah. Actually, September was 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you've you've been there through the whole thing, basically. Uh, Yeah. I I got asked to work there about, I I think the shop was open for about a year and a half. And then I was going in there getting tattooed by Mike and... uh, yeah. And then they were ready to pick up somebody new and I got the call. I was going to move out West. I didn't even know where I just wanted like warm weather. And, uh, that's always like my thing, like traveling towards warm weather. But, uh, yeah, I got the call and I was like, well, I'm not going to not do this, you know? Yeah. So, um, right place at the right time. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you grew up here. I grew up in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, okay. Um, so where I do Pagoda city tattoo fest with my partner, Joe, that town, uh, I'll just say Reading, Pennsylvania is the easiest, um, is where essentially where I grew up. So, and Joe, who I do the convention with is who taught me how to tattoo. Uh, okay. It's all making sense now. Yeah. That's a great convention. I got to go this year for the first time and record some podcast stuff. Awesome. And it was very fun. That hotel set up very cool for a tattoo convention. I feel like as far as the actual workspace is nice. And then the after party space. Mwah. It's pretty good. It's yeah. Fun. And you know, that was the whole thing. Like that time of year we were like, oh man, is this going to work? It's a summer convention. And it, you know, because of the outside space, because it's all like you go in the middle of nowhere, but then once you're there, like everyone's there, everyone's just kind of like all together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it works for that reason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I like conventions that are in, I mean, I wouldn't say that's like a remote middle of nowhere spot, but as far as not being mm. surrounded <laughs> by, uh, like other stuff to do, it's cool that everyone hangs out afterwards yeah. every night. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really part of the uh, the charm of the show. And I think it's kind of like, because people always ask like, oh, would you go bigger? Would you do something else? It's like, I don't know. Like, we really like the size of it. It's like really manageable between the two of us that we can kind of be pretty hands-on with all the moving parts of it and all that. So, And it seems like the kiss of death for a lot of conventions are when you start to make it too big. Dude, totally. Yeah. Because you could. You could probably sell twice as many booths because it's got such a good reputation, but uh, it, not to its benefit, right. obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think... That is, I mean, there's not really much else to add to that. That's really the deal. I mean, we don't want to, It's it, we never went into it to be like, hey, let's make a million dollars on this thing. You know, it was like, hey, this, we can do this really cool, um, you know, show that doesn't really exist in the way it does on the East Coast. And um, yeah, well, you're doing it. Hey, man, trying. Thank you. <laughs> it was good to have you there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so let's get into the disruption. Let's do it. I don't know if you're familiar with a shop here in New York called Nice Tattoo. I've heard it's ringing a bell. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> it, it got it got a little press, which is how I know about it. And uh, I was hoping that you you aren't like close friends with anyone there because I could make this a little weird or awkward. But I don't think so. Yeah. So Let's there's see. this uh, Jezebel article. What is a female-owned tattoo shop anyway? And so there's the shop here in New York called Nice Tattoo. And I know they'd been getting write-ups, probably New York Times and all the big media outlets online, um, as all women 
And it's not just a shop for women to get tattooed at, but it's this inviting space where you're treated nicely. Hmm. You know, it's a pretty focused uh, marketing angle, I would say. And long story short, it wasn't actually female owned. And that's what this Jezebel article Mm. came out as. So their whole thing was it's like this space for women to kick ass and do tats. And it was owned by a man and a woman. And then they used one of their artists as the face of the shop, more or less. This is a thing that we're seeing more and more of where there's shops and different experiences that are being crafted for people to get tattooed in. Right. That are a response to this stereotypical uh, view of like the classic tattoo shop where it's not inviting. You might get treated a little shitty. It's not necessarily welcoming to more than just white guys or, you know, the norm. Sure. And I I don't want to discredit all these things because I think there actually are a lot. In this one particular case, it turned out to be a little weird thing, but not even that weird because I think they, they still had good intentions. Right. You know, they're still creating this space and it is all women that tattoo there and it, I'm sure it is a nice place. And yeah. I'm not too sure about the quality of work, but I would imagine like any shop, it's varied and they've got people that excel at different things. So overall, I think this isn't a terrible example of it, but you can't lie about being owned by women if that's <laughs> like your thing, right? I mean, it's so specific. It's like, yeah. And it's like that weird gray air. It's like, yeah, well, there's women involved. It's like women, there is a woman that is one of the owners. It's like, you're telling half the story, I guess, if that's your angle. Yeah. You know, so I, there is a little bit of, it just feels a little deceitful, I think. Yeah. Um, man, that's, it's, it's so tough. I mean, to, to your point with experiences and like people doing and having like angles on things, um, this can always come off a little too contrived, I think, in the eyes of people sometimes where it's like. And you'll also, I'm sure, gain some sort of clientele as well, you know, but I, I don't know, man, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough because it's, it's one of those things where if it's, if it speaks to a client, then great, then maybe that's your, then that's your spot. And they're, you know, checking all the boxes of what you want. And these things exist. So like super niche and specific that is for that person, then, then great, you know, then, then go for it and you have a great experience and hopefully you get a great tattoo and hopefully they're doing great tattoos and it's not just the gimmick or the marketing, whatever. That's always my fear. I mean, you can't help. I mean, cause it, when, when there's a the New thing. York times article about a shop like that, they're not touting all these accomplished artists necessarily. They're only talking about the, like the concept right. of the shop. So I'm sure a lot of people will blindly go into that. And again, I'm not familiar with their work, but yeah, I'm, maybe they're not going to get the kind of work that they think. You know, because they're seeing this article, they're saying, oh, this must be a great shop. It's in the New York Times. And it sounds great. It's yeah. checking all my boxes. Right, right. You know, I'm looking to get tattooed by a woman. I want to, you know, I've had bad experiences in shops. And this, to me, sounds great. Yep. Then they go in, have a great time, and the tattoo is good or bad. We don't know. So I, I think the thing that's unsettling with me at times is when the actual tattoo is secondary. Yeah. I mean, that's at the, <laughs> at the core of what the shop is. You want to walk out of there with a tattoo. So, I mean, it's... To me, I'm not, my experience my whole life has been like, what is a look that I want? Like, am I looking to get a certain tattoo and then I find the artist that is going to do the best job of that tattoo? Or I really like this person's work and they need to, you know, I'm hoping for them to tattoo me. You know, that's always been my thing. Uh, I can't really speak to anyone else that's getting a tattoo, but yeah. it, it, but it, I can't help but think like most of the time it's, you know, I feel like those are usually the better intentions and, um, hmm, maybe, maybe not better intentions. That's just my experience again, coming into that. But, um, it's so hard to say. I mean, it's hard they, for us to disconnect. Exactly. Cause I only know myself and I only know how I approach getting a tattoo. So mm-hmm. it is one of those things like to the point of the big conversation is there's a, there's always a lot of, well, this isn't right. And I don't like the way they do this. And this doesn't settle well with me. But it's also like, is it wrong? And the answer is probably not yes. I think it's like, well, it's just not your thing. I don't have to look at it. And those clients probably aren't going to come to me for that thing. And they have somewhere to go, I guess. I, you know, I think that's, that's usually, I feel like it plays out the way it's supposed to play out in mm. that context. Sure, sure. And now another example that I found of it 
I'm going to let the shop be anonymous because I don't want to be disparaging to anyone directly. Uh, but it's another similar thing where it's a shop that's set up that looks like a mixture between a spa and an Apple store. <laughs> Very beautiful in a beautiful little historic town. The work is bad. It's just not good. Right. And they have a beautiful website. They're very clearly catering to, I'd say, mostly first-time tattoo receivers, which is a huge market. I mean, there's a lot of people looking to get it, and and if they're being catered to, they're obviously going to choose something like this because it's answering all their questions where, like, on the King's Ave site, is there a huge FAQ about, like, does it hurt? Uh, What should I expect? What should I do? Like, I feel like that's not normal on most tattoo shops because usually we're just featuring the work. Right. Um, that is a question I should know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't gone on, on that. God, I feel like we would have something like that. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Let's see. But check it out. <laughs> Let's go right now. I feel like AJ and uh, Dylan would be on top of that. And maybe this isn't even a good parallel to draw because King's Ave is not the average tattoo shop by any means. In the, in the sense that you can know nothing and walk in there and get a great tattoo from anybody. Yeah. Not true for every shop necessarily. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good website. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good stuff. Usually if I go on there, I'm like looking for something specific and I'm in and out, you know, right. but, uh, you know, I mean, it's a whole thing. I mean, if the packaging looks nice, you're going to be more prone to like be gravity, like to gravitate towards it because they put all this energy and this effort into it. And so it's like, well, if all of this is great, then the tattoo must be great. Or you might look at a tattoo. If, if the third thing you click on that site is finally a tattoo, you might even be like more you know, might gravitate towards like, okay, so this is good because I want to get tattooed here. So you're like telling yourself you want to get tattooed here in a way. So that could be, I'm sure like psychologically there's something to do with that, you know? Totally. Yeah. So on this unnamed shops website, they've got beautiful infographics about how do I get a tattoo? And it's got the whole workflow down and a nice S curve. And then we've got what tattoo should I get? Which I think is entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. There's a little a little bubble that says about you. And these are things to consider for when you're deciding what to get. Culture and heritage, mantra or quote, lifestyle, your goals, your faith or spirituality, things you love, motivations, milestones, so on and so forth. Yeah. So they're like really, really breaking every little piece down to cater to someone who hasn't probably been tattooed before. Yeah, that sounds like very much first time information for sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying any of this is wrong or bad. It's actually great. It's above and beyond to cater to these people. And then you can schedule right online, right down to booking your appointment slot. It looks like a whole automated thing where they break down what it's going to cost, what to expect, what you can get. They do an ink allergy skin test where you pay 25 bucks and they'll go. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yep. That, what? Above and beyond. Yeah. You're, that's exactly what they're doing. And they also offer temporary tattoos. Of course. If you're not ready to commit, test it out with their temporary inks, which last two to three weeks. No needles will be used. 50 bucks. And they've got a clip art image of a woman who looks very unsure. Wow. (laughs) So this is like the ultimate. To me, this looks like something cooked up by people who don't tattoo and don't know a lot about like actual tattooing, but they've really tapped into a very specific market. And I would imagine people are getting tattooed here. Yeah. They're selling to that first time experience and they are checking a lot of boxes for sure. You know, if you're unsure and ner- I mean, you know, it's like, it's makes people really nervous to go get, you know, get tattooed. Cause you're, you know, you're in this position where you gotta like take your clothes off and, you know, it's, and tell what you want or like, maybe have some story. Cause people, these probably, these clients probably have a big story that they want to tell too. And yeah, all that, that goes along right. with it, you know? So, I mean, you know, if they came across that site, they're we're going to be most likely inclined to go there probably. And I can't find it now. I think it was on an early ver- earlier version of this website, but they mentioned something about green tea lattes while you have your consultation. Of course. So they've, I, they've, I like that. I mean, I like green tea lattes. So yeah, maybe, I need to go to that website and see what's up. (laughs) I would just go for a consultation. It sounds fun. But I I think I used to look at stuff like this and laugh or like try to find this sort of stuff 
purely to goof on it. But the more that I look into it, I think that I could probably adapt certain components of this approach to my own business in tattooing. Sure. Because why not? Why, why not? If, if you have the energy to, to do all those things. And I mean, I think there's also something too, like the, to be said about what kind of clientele you do want in shop. Cause every shop is as we're having this conversation, every shop kind of does have a different, um, angle and approach on how they approach tattooing, you know? So if that's part of what you want, then that's great. You know? And even just this website, I think it really gives you a sense of what the shop is like. And hopefully that lines up with what they're presenting. But in right. theory, they're really giving you, like, I feel like I know what the shop's all about. Where a lot of, web, like, my own website, it's just portfolio and contact information. A little blurb. And it, it doesn't really give someone a sense of what what I'll be like. Or, I mean, they can watch 25 hours of me talking about tattooing, which <laughs> right. is, you know, maybe helpful, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I kind of I kind of like this. And I think I was critical of it when I first saw it because it is corny to my taste right but my tastes aren't what matters when you're trying to get clients it's true but again the subpar work packaged (laughs) into that is what's distressing right because it's like bad real bad bad okay not like home tattoos but it's just very poorly done tattoos and it's kind of unfortunate yeah because these first time tattoo people probably don't know better Again, it goes, it speaks to like, here's the presentation. Here's all these things like those people like, uh, like I want to get tattooed here because the environment and the people seem, you know, yeah, like that's where I want to be. Cause I'm, I'm comfortable already. Maybe, you know, I mean, I know I feel like everyone, every tattooer probably knows a couple of those people that like, maybe the tattooer isn't the best tattooer, but they're like, man, that guy charms the pants off of everyone and everyone comes back Absolutely. and, and they have a great experience and there's no way you could tell the the client otherwise that their tattoo isn't the best it could be, you yeah. know? And so it's, it, it speaks a lot to that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of great too. I do. Yeah. In, in a, you know, in a sense, obviously <laughs> we want people to have great tattoos, but yeah. the, you know, I mean, the, the experience is so much of it, you know, and you hear about people who have these like awful experiences with like fucking amazing tattooers, you know? And I think that might be the biggest bummer of all. Right. You're like, oh, my God, this fucking person is like the best. And then you get tattooed and they're like pricks to you or whatever. And then it's a heartbreaker. And then you hear a million people get it. And then you're like, oh, fuck, I want to get my whatever done by them. But maybe I don't want that to happen, you know, but right. Because it's that's the other side of it. Yeah, you know, that's true, because I do believe in the the fun tattooer that people, everyone likes. It doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what their tattoos look like. And I I have always believed in that. So I guess it would be hypocritical for me to, to say that that's not a thing in other contexts. Yeah. I mean, another, another point that I always think about when I first started tattooing, um, it took so long. Like Joe was one of those guys, you know, that was like, I started my, I got my first tattoo in 97. So after like a year and a half of getting tattooed, I was just like, man, I really want, I really was thinking about a lot. I was like, I don't know if I want to do the music thing as much anymore. And I think I really want to get into tattooing. So I was like, called no, no, no all the time. And you know, I came back and he's like, well, if you do this. And then I did that thing and did it, came back when I said I was going to. And he always had so many people, especially once I finally got in and it, you just had that whole thing of like, oh, like that ain't right. Or like, we don't want these people in and you can't get in and he can't get in and blah, blah, blah. And like, I, at that point I was always like, I can never blame anybody for wanting to do this. Cause a, I have a fucking great life from it. A, I love going to work every day. I get to draw all day and paint and do these tattoos. I'm like, why should I ever deny anybody something that's brought so much to me? I was like, it's the most hypocritical thing ever. Granted, there are ways to get in and there are right and wrong ways that I think should be approached to get into it. But it is something where earlier on I was just like, I can never be that person. I can never say like, nope, fuck you. Because like, no, like it's, it would, again, it's like the most hypocritical thing. Yeah, we were all that person at We one were point. all, exactly, exactly. And like. No one's born a tattooer. Yeah, I can't, I, I'm so fucking grateful for everything that tattooing has brought for me. So like, why should I deny that to anybody and tell them that they're wrong for it, you know? Yeah. So. I saw another video recently that was about one Dr. Wu. Okay. They're just talking about his studio, which is a private studio in Los Angeles that's like this very unique 
experience. Isn't it in a hotel? Is that the eighth or something? Yeah. I might be wrong about that, but it's, yeah, it's called the hideaway. It is in a hotel and, um, it's like a high end tattoo experience. Sure. More or less. It, It kind of gives the clients the feeling that they're like part of this exclusive thing. Anna's tattoos are a very specific style that people are sure. super into, especially right now. It's like a very popular style, like fine line, black and gray stuff. And um, I think it's an example of the work more so living up to the hype of it as well. I mean, it's it's hard to say that any tattoo can live up to these like astronomical recognition and these like high end kind of things because we're all still putting them on the same way. It's in the eye of the client. Sure. For sure. Sure. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. So I've got a clip here I can play of uh, some guy explaining his experience. My first time going to Hideaway, I was given instructions to go to the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, wait in the lobby, and somebody would come get me. I was sitting there the whole time while I was waiting, and I was thinking, how much cooler is this waiting area than some other tattoo parlors I've been to? We're walking through some back service hallways, and we pop out side, and we come upon this wooden door and we enter into Wu's world. So what we're seeing here is a beautiful workspace that does not look like a tattoo or art studio of any sort. It's just like swanky and there's plants everywhere Mm. and they're real plants. They're not like this fake plant on this table right here and there's like a motorcycle inside. (laughs) (laughs) This place is tight. There's glass there's leather chairs, very shiny cement floors. It's okay. cool. Shiny cement. There you yeah, go. it's like polished. So the motorcycle oil doesn't stain it. Right. So it's like this cool thing. And then the rest of the video talks about how they recreated the space in another hotel in New York City. And so what do you think about things like this? What do you think about constructing these like high end? Well, I think it's, be, it's kind of like the, the website you were looking at earlier. Yeah. But the tattoos weren't so great, but here's this immaculate space, right? I think there's also something to be said about how he's in a very, very, very small percentage of people are doing what he's doing, obviously. Yeah. And he's probably at the very top of it. Yeah. I mean, can we even name anyone else that's kind of, yeah. Anyways, but he also, so here's the thing with him. I don't, I've never met him, but I do know that he's been tattooing a long time. He's had, I know some real experience in like quote unquote real tattoo shops that right. have so he's um i have a friend that kind of t- gave me a little bit of insight like yo he's like legit he's been around for a long time he's like done every kind of tattoo he's like been in the tattoo world for a long time and he started going this direction so for me to my tastes and likings about someone's personal experience if that is even a thing that sounds <laughs> awful no, i know but, what you mean you know what i mean like like I can align myself in a certain way where I'm like, oh, I could understand um, his point of view. Like, well, you can relate to where he came from, right? There you go. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, you're so good. You're <laughs> such a good podcaster. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, so yeah, so I can relate to that. So the fact that he wants to do this direction with something and has the resources, means, and whatever to get to that point, like the vision. Yeah, yeah. Like, go for it. Like, yeah. I I cannot. If the clientele's there. They're paying the price. They feel good about it. Then awesome. The rub is on uh, what those tattoos might look like down the road. You know, yeah. that stuff. Um, but I feel like uh, that's I, been the debate about like high-end tattoos for a while. Because what was it before the fine line stuff? It was like these color portraits that are right. insanely expensive. But I mean, also way more work intensive too. But is there high-end Japanese work? Yeah. Right monetarily it's not even in the same realm because you hear chatter about what people are charging for these little single needle tattoos and how long they take and it's crazy it's like out of the stratosphere of anything i know it's crazy yeah and and you can take any other style japanese for example and go to the the greatest japanese tattooers in the world and you're paying what feels like a clearance price compared to these like little single needle for sure for sure um (sighs) i don't think people doing japanese work should be charging these price because you can't because it's a whole different thing no one could get a back piece done if it cost at the same scale as like a little single needle tattoo you would never finish a tattoo no people get the tattoos i think that they deserve in a sense you know that sounds kind of like in a little intense to say but i you know in a sense i mean it uh said that 
to me very early on. I was just like, Ooh, that's, that's really good. I like that. It makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense. And it's like the kind of thing where someone wearing that tattoo might be like, this is a fucking Dr. Wu tattoo, you know? But like, like, yeah, but like, no, 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 no. Like, but is, the, the motorcycle, is, the shiny floors. The, like they had, they had an experience. Yeah. They got the work. I mean, that stuff is super, super, super fucking technical. And like the application on day one looks awesome, mm-hmm. you know, for, for what it is, I'll, you know, for sure. Yeah. It's the longevity that is always in question. So to be clear there, but, um, I think what I've come to realize over time is because I've always had this idea, this is what a tattoo should look like. This is what it needs to be. But not everyone wants what I think they should have. Right, right. That, and that's why everyone mean. wants a tattoo that's going to age well. And, and it, and it, to say it like that sounds weird, but that is what they want. They do need to be informed though. Yeah. And I don't know what happens on the front end of all that too. You know what I mean? So right. people, people should be informed, um, on placements and all, all that information needs. Right. That's I think first and foremost with all that too. A big thank you to Eternal Inc. for sponsoring this episode. Eternal Inc. is the brand trusted by tattoo artists around the world. They lead the way by setting strict standards in product consistency, quality ingredients, and outstanding performance for their tattoo inks. They take great satisfaction in knowing that artists believe and trust in Eternal Inc. They quality control every step of the process, so the stunning bottle of Eternal Inc. that you bought last month will be a dead-on match to the bottle you'll order next month. They know that consistency is critical to you, your art, and your reputation. They know that because they too are artists. And that is the real secret of Eternal Ink. Made for artists by artists. And if you head on over to eternaltattoosupply.com, they are offering a discount of 20% off the full retail price on all Eternal Ink colors when you use the promo code BOOKSCLOSED. And that offer includes both single bottles and full sets in all available sizes. It excludes combinations with other offers not to be used with the Color of the Week promotion. So again, head on over to EternalTattooSupply.com using promo code BOOKSCLOSED at checkout and get 20% off the full retail price on all of your Eternal Ink colors. Thank you. A big thank you to Atonement Books for sponsoring this episode. Atonement's new book by Steve Byrne called Nonstop Tattooing. You know Steve Byrne, you love him. He's been a guest of the show. It's a bit of his travel diary from 2018 and 2019 that covers the first European tribal tattoo tour, other travels through Europe, England, Australia, New Zealand, all over the place. It's got tons of photographs, collage, other content from a variety of shops and locations that he encountered along his way. It's also got a hefty stencil section. So this thing ended up being a 200-page book a brick of a book. This thing is serious. It's as serious as the output that Steve creates in his tattooing, and I think it's a, truly a great representation of that, and uh, I really dig the book. If you like Steve Byrne's work, this is not only a book that you enjoy, but this is certainly a book that you collect, because Atonement pays very, very close attention to detail and really puts a lot into the way that these books look, on top of the fact that it's nice page to page. So, anyway... Get it, Nonstop Tattooing, a new book by Steve Byrne and Atonement Books at atonementbooks.com. A-T-O-N-E-M-E-N-T books.com. Another thing I've found in my research on industry disruptors is about a woman who goes by the name of Ink Minx Tattoo. Are you familiar Wait, is this the, like, down south, uh, like a Texas, I don't know. Nope. Eh. It's not. Not this particular thing anyway. Ink Minx. It's a woman named Shanze. Shanze? I hope I'm saying her name correctly, or close enough. Uh, She had a Kickstarter, it looks like, at the end of last year. And her idea was Ink Minx, a mobile tattoo shop for women. Why women? Tattoo culture is heavily male-dominated, which makes the tattoo experience skewed for women. That's where Ink Minx comes in. So her overall idea is she wanted to build this mobile tattoo studio in this cool old vintage camper and like go on tat tour and be able to tattoo women, women very specifically. Okay. So she, they won't tattoo men. 
Nope. Hmm. Nope. She's okay. she's trying to make a very tailored experience. Uh, so on this Kickstarter, it said, I'm a 26-year-old tattoo artist who opened Ink Minx, a mobile tattoo studio for women. At a young age, I fell in love with henna tattooing, a tradition from my Pakistani culture. In spite of the stigma against tattoos in conservative Muslim communities, I started a tattoo apprenticeship at 21, eventually becoming licensed in my own right. And then she talks about the trailer, and she wants it to have, or she furnished it with a soft female touch, adding marble floors and pink highlights. It's very tailored to her taste. And it got backed. She was shooting for 3000 bucks, and she was able to raise 4300 bucks. And so I think that sent her on her first trip or two, or at least um, going around and tattooing. Okay. And because of this, and not surprisingly to me, it got a lot of attention in the media. Lots of little clickbaity tat videos on YouTube and such. So I'll play a clip from one of those right here. This is very interesting. Ink Minks is a safe space to women, LGBTQ community, people of color, and non-binary people. Vulnerable demographics really deserve a space where they aren't subject to discrimination or any kind of abuse. So that gives us a little taste of where she's coming from. She, she makes no qualms about very offering a very specific service. So, so just essentially just know because if if it's lgbtq community so just not straight men maybe i mean it sounds like that it sounds like she's just she's putting out a thing she wants to tattoo women she's trying to um the stories that she tells about her own tattoos and some other videos um one that got particular attention was a tattoo that she has on her thigh that is about a an abortion that she had and so abortion being a very hot topic got the videos got massive attention and sure. it, it became something much bigger than just about tattoos because now it's about people's opinions and the comment sections are like a, a shit show Ugh. as you can expect yeah and, and another thing that's interesting is um coming from a muslim background like her is i mean what i've gathered is that's not that's not cool to have tattoos to the muslim religion Correct. Right, right, right. And so the comment sections are is a lot about that too. Yeah. Like how could you do this? You're not a true, you know. Sure. You don't. You don't believe. You don't. You're doing the wrong thing. Now you can't yeah. do this. And and so it's like very controversial. So it's not surprising to me at all that she, for all of these reasons, in addition to this unique and like very big idea, um, got a lot of attention. There's something I'm hearing too. I didn't see the video, but in what she's saying, it also seems like as much as these are the people that she's asking or she's like presenting this space. It's who she wants to tattoo as well. It's her, it's it really comes down to like, this is where she wants to be. These are the people that she wants to tattoo, which. Okay. Yeah. You know, fine. That's, that's great. And if, and if that works out for you and that's your, that's your niche and that's like a specific thing that's working for you and people are getting those tattoos. And then again, it comes, comes back to like these, we're never my, maybe we're never my clients and it weren't, it's, it's not really about me, but you know, everyone, everything always is always bouncing off of everything. Right. So it's, if it's working for her, then I don't know. That, that's good. The, the, I'd be interested to learn more about the Muslim aspect of it. Cause it's, it's interesting for her to kind of put that in the context of like who she is. If, it's such a like hard no for that um, religion yeah. in, that, in that world. Again, I don't know anything about it. I can't yeah, really speak. I, I should I, know I'm, more about it to talk about it. but So it's just that angle or that specific detail about it, which is kind of interesting um, that, again, I can't speak on it, but um, yeah. it's uh, it's interesting that she, it's, it's a kind of like a, seems like a pretty black and white thing that she's throwing in there that she that she should not not shouldn't but like she knows it's gonna be controversial or i don't know it's weird yeah that's a know. weird that's a weird element to it as time goes on she put a post on her instagram so now she'd been tattooing for i don't know maybe like a year or two like as ink minks as this traveling thing after um being funded on this kickstarter i shanzi afzal owner and one of the artists at Ink Minx will not be tattooing anymore until I undergo a proper apprenticeship. I hope you understand and check out our other artists. 
So is Inkminx, does it only operate in the, the trailer? Yeah. And I, th- and I'm not sure if there are so other artists. Mark- I think her vision, um, is that it will be more than just her. But at this point she said that she will no longer be tattooing because her tattoos aren't good. Are they're not good? Right. Unfortunately. Okay. And with, I'll have to look at them and check it out. Yeah. And so with all of this attention that she's gotten, like what we were talking about with these other shops, she gained clientele. She was able to travel around. She was doing tattoos, making the money. And it didn't go perfectly. I have two thoughts. Yeah. Number one is, <laughs> what do the first half of her clients think about their tattoos? You know what I mean? People, the people she's already tattooed. Secondly, I can just leave that one just floating on the ether. <laughs> <laughs> After she makes this announcement, it's a little, little strange. But then the second part is like, um, I like that she pumped the brakes maybe. Me too. And she said, hey, I can do better around other people. However, however that was proposed to her. Um, I like the self-awareness part of it, of being like, oh, I can improve and I can maybe, I, I don't know the story past like how it, how it came to be with the apprenticeship part, but I don't know, good for her, you know? And this also speaks to like, Hey, I don't know how to tell anyone how to start tattooing. And she's like, Hey, I did a couple of tattoos. Fuck it. I have this idea about this trailer thing. I'm going to do this. And she did it and it brought her to an apprenticeship. So she did it. And that's her story of doing it. And yeah. right or wrong in whoever's eyes. It's a way. It's a way. And then the plot thickens. Oh man. What do you got? Are you familiar with the Inked Magazine cover model contest? Yes. <laughs> You're really um, triggering some shit for me because I tried to get on there and it just didn't work out for me, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so she enters this Inked Magazine cover model contest, which I didn't know much about except for the fact that when it's happening, you see people posting about it because it's this whole like, social media frenzy where it's like a popularity contest. So like a tattoo model type woman would enter this contest. And then if she's got a ton of fans, they're all going to go and vote. And then it's like, a it's like a bracket, like a tournament you go through, you get voted through all these rounds. It's this whole thing, right. Which drives a shitload of traffic to inkedmagazine.com. Smart. So she's entering this contest and picking up some steam and this is already after she's stopped tattooing. So her page has turned into like some modeling type photos, pushing her position in this contest. Hmm. And so then she makes another post that says, I made a decision. If I win this contest and the $25,000 investment with your consistent votes, <laughs> there's 48 days left. So set a daily alarm to cast the maximum number of free votes. She says she's hustling. Ooh, she's she's trying to make alarms. this happen. Right, right. Jesus. She's not here to play games. She says, anyways, my big decision that I'm sort of nervous about, but definitely excited. If I win, I'm going to start tattooing again. ASAP. Instead of getting a second apprenticeship, which was her mission after stopping, she said she wants to get an apprenticeship because the whole story, and I, and I feel like I'm bopping around here. I'm, um, The original apprenticeship she had was a toxic and shitty apprenticeship that she was treated poorly. It didn't work. And that's why she didn't continue through it to, you know, to see it through. So now she wants to get a good one and be more selective and do it the right way. But now with this new announcement, instead of getting a second apprenticeship, I'm going to rent a chair at a respected shop and observe their talented artists and learn that way. I'm coming back. I'm getting ready to tattoo you again. Do you want one? Red heart, red heart. Will you vote? praying hands, angel smiley emoji. Hmm. And the comments did not hold back. So to be, this is, this is a lot of moving parts. So to be clear, she's saying if she wins, she's just going to start tattooing. Fuck the apprenticeship thing. Like get a spot in a shop that it's like booth rental situation. If she wins, if she wins, she's going to take that money and get a spot in a shop. And then just like through osmosis, (laughs) learn from the other people at the shop that may not be interested in showing her how to tattoo. And if she loses, she's just going to still do the apprenticeship Stay thing? the course? I, I would suppose because I think that would be contingent on her having this Man. big chunk of cash to work with. So strange. 
it sounds like you're going to do whatever you're going to do anyways, girl. Yeah. So, well, coming up after the break, I sit down with Ink Minx herself and we'll figure it all out. So I'm joined now by the Ink Minx herself, Sean Zay. How are you? Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, So Justin and I were discussing before you got here. Uh, a little bit of the background of uh, how you came up uh, into the the light uh, as far as the internet's concerned. Um, and we left off. There was the the Inked Magazine cover girl contest. And you... Such a scam, that contest. Yeah. Well, it drives traffic to their website. I guess that's probably the And it makes a lot game. of money. Yeah. But there's the cash prize. And you had come to the conclusion that maybe the best way, if you were to win would be to use that cash prize to get a spot in a shop and and learn tattooing more through osmosis than a proper training kind of situation. Absolutely. I just, um, I had a, a mentor that didn't have my best interests in mind. And through my connections that I got through the media, I realized I had some leverage to finally find a apprenticeship that I could bring something to and learn from. So once you had made that announcement, because you had already stepped back from tattooing. Yeah, I stepped back from tattooing after a trip in Michigan, where I delicately put this online. But what I want to just say is I did a tattoo that I was really unhappy with. And I realized this is the moment to turn back. And I felt like an evil person. I definitely never want to do that again. And I think that's what caught my eye about you the most is that, uh, especially for this episode, but in the past, I've looked at different types of these industry disruptors, as a lot of them will put it themselves. Uh, yeah, safe and, spaces is like uh, a new thing. Yeah. And I, I, I often feel that sometimes the actual tattooing is secondary to the environment or to the overall ethics or whatever it is, and, and where that stuff is very important. And I think there is room for these new approaches and everything. Um it, it can often bum me out that I feel like some people are getting, uh, are feel magnetized to those ethics, and then they realize after the fact that maybe the tattoo isn't going to live up to their expectations or whatever it is. And I had never seen someone as self-aware as to say, "I need to slow down, and I, w- I want to provide the full, the full package." I a hundred percent, unfortunately, agree. I uh, have seen it before with. Um, on Instagram with other tattoo artists where the quality of the tattoo takes a backseat to their story. And I got hyped up so much that I got caught up into it. And I am a very aggressive businesswoman. So it quickly became like, how can I rush, rush, rush and be as successful as I can, as young as I can. And now it's like, I'm cool if I get an apprenticeship three years from now. I'm not in a rush anymore. I really want to be respected for my tattooing skills as well as what I'm trying to change. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty honorable way to look at it. Once you had made this announcement where you kind of turned back around from stepping back in in a sense, there was a little, not. I mean, you probably felt a lot of backlash. Oh, it broke my soul. I had, so the To explain the backlash, I posted on Instagram to kind of get more votes and stuff that, hey, if I win this contest, I'm not going to get an apprenticeship. I'm going to get a spot in the shop and start tattooing immediately. And a lot of my former clients came up and said, this is an inappropriate decision. I was not happy with my tattoo. A lot of tattoo artists also came out and said, hey, this is my advice to you. You should get an apprenticeship. 50% of that announcement was how can I get more votes? And 50% of that announcement was also like excitement. Like I want to start tattooing as soon as possible and maybe I'll start slow, take on pieces that aren't so challenging. But the backlash really, really was important And it hurt a lot. I made an Instagram live video where I was just sobbing. And I really couldn't save face. I just was constantly apologizing. And 
it was a really vulnerable experience, but I'm proud that I went through it and I'm proud that that transparency came out and everyone was really articulate. No one was mean to me. I noticed that too. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was great for me. It was hard, but. Yeah, a lot of the public comments, they were very honest and very thorough. Um, People who had been tattooed by you. Um, For example, one said, I have to say this post is really surprising. As someone who has a small and simple tattoo from you, I agreed with your own self-assessment that you should continue training. Seeing this makes it seem like for you, it's either a question of having money or giving your clients quality tattoos. Uh, And then it goes on and on. Uh, But, and there were a lot of very uh, long and and thorough comments like that. But I, I thought it was interesting and almost unique because on the internet, comment sections can be the worst places ever. And people... They're not trying to actually help. They're just trying to have whatever their opinion is. And usually yeah. it's, fuck you, quit. You, you, you fucking people love. You should never tattoo. even in the tattoo, tattoo a- industry, people well, are trying to kind of make you look stupid. Like um, like other tattoo artists are like, how sure. can I see her fail? So this was almost refreshing in the sense that it, it felt like a friend reaching out to a friend and, and saying, you know, I see where you're coming from, but I hope that you can see it the way that you you know, the way that you were approaching it before this announcement, I hope you can change your mind because we want to see you succeed. Luckily, I think I knew in my gut that they were right. So it wasn't so much of a like something that I would let go over my head. Uh, I got caught up in the contest. I became more of a tattoo model than a tattoo artist. I got some death threats after posting a bikini picture of me for being a Muslim tattoo artist, just for, it was very complicated, this contest and the consequences that it brought along. When people react to someone with a story like yours, with the intent that you had and have, it only proves the point a change should happen. Yeah. um, I come from a culture where women's only spaces are very common. That's kind of how I grew up. And I learned that in the U.S., they're legal and proven to be effective in increasing participation. So my intent is still pure and um, not meant with malice or exclusion. It's just men can feel comfortable with a lot of different tattoo shops and women are like this market where they want an emotional connection to the artist and they want um, some kind of guaranteed security. There can be men that want the emotional connection as well. Yeah, definitely for sure. I guess another point is when I was apprenticing, every woman who walked in wanted to be tattooed by me. So that's when, and I wasn't tattooing, that's when I noticed there was such a strong market. So that's when the business gears started turning. Like, right. how can I do good in a small way? I just never expected it would explode or become so controversial. Right. And I wanted to ask, do you think that it's the most beneficial to have uh, a, a women's only space like this versus really working to integrate a woman, uh, women-friendly environment within the context of, you know, the average tattoo shop? I would love to work at a reputable tattoo shop. And I can't change the tattoo shop's uh, demographic or how, they run, how the owner runs the tattoo shop. I can understand that almost all my clients are women. So I can continue to serve women without my own personal space. And that's a decision I've uh, made peace with and excitedly super happy with that decision. Maybe 20, 30 years from now, I'll create a really unique space. And and we definitely are seeing a rise in these more specialized spaces. And I <clears throat> I think that's only going to continue as as time progresses too. Yeah, tattoos are very... I don't want to say like trendy because it's not trendy. It's like this high fashion experience. The experience of getting tattooed is almost as important as the tattoo itself. 
Yeah, it certainly can be because a, a bad experience can spoil a great tattoo. Yeah. And the last thing you want to hear as an artist is that the person is not happy with their tattoo. Sure. Of course, as you know very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, it's very interesting because the shop that I did the tattoo that I was unhappy with had no qualms with me because the client was uh, very positive the whole time. Like, keep going. I love it. You're doing amazing. And, um, so it was very weird and I was happy to have the shop support, but they also supported my decision to back off. So I know like both of us had this gut feeling of like, she's too inexperienced. I think with tattooing, it's this additional pressure that we might not see in other, uh, industries. Yeah. Because it is permanent. So to do a bunch of tattoos on people that they're going to continue to have no matter what happens, for you to be able to publicly say, I'm not ready to continue at this point. Most people can't do it. You almost have to like own it or fake it till oh, you make it. Oh, it's so annoying. embarrassing. It's really like something I I don't like admitting, but it's important to be honest. And I'm just so lucky to have fans that all wait for me. Like the fact that I have genuine, like, I don't know how else to describe them other than fans because they're also young brown girls or actually like older women who are getting their first tattoo and want to tell me their story and stuff like that. So those are people I consider fans and those people have said, I will wait. So where does that leave you now? Taking a step back hasn't, it, hurt emotionally, but it hasn't been hard. It's been easier because the pressure of tattooing, the pressure of not making mistakes and stuff like that, it's off. It's more, I'm going to seek help and nothing could be better for my career. This story is like the equivalent of someone talking about like doing suspensions or like piercing. It couldn't be further from like me, but it's somehow connected. Right. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, it's not in this, to me, it's like not even in the same ballpark, but I'm wrong because it is because there's an association there because it's fucking ink work, man. Yeah. Ink work, but uh, <laughs> it's true. But, it, but that's also one of the things that's been so eye opening to me is that I've always, I've always lived in this little bubble of tattooing where, and it's probably a similar one to you where we like all the same tattooers. We value the same things as far as how tattoos look, you know, where it came from, what we strive for, the things we like, etc. But that is truly such a small part of tattooing as a whole, right? That I used to say, like, that's not real tattooing. That's not how tattooing should be. And I'm realizing that you can't, I mean, you really can't say that at all. You right. Know? And, like, when people say that, I know what they mean. But, like, the more I talk about this stuff, it's it's like, like, I'll have a certain guest on where I'll be like, all right, this person, this is a big name. This is a really popular tattoo or this episode's going to crush. It's going to be like, 10 times as many downloads as the other ones because this person has such a pull and people are so interested in this person. They're all the same. You know, there's there's highs and lows. But, sure. But from this show, I haven't had many instances where there was like some explosive thing based on the person who I value so much. Right. And that's what's made me realize that... What do you account for that? Yeah. There's just such a bigger world around there and I'm only catering to such a small bubble. And I'm hoping that by tackling topics it can apply to more no that's good i think it's great too because all the topics that you're talking about that maybe like some of those whoever you're referencing or you're thinking about like maybe those things wouldn't always come up or they wouldn't they're not going to be like the the forefront conversation with those people because you probably want to talk to some other stuff about other things with those people because you have them here you're like oh this is a great great opportunity mm -hmm. but it's not usually like a known part of their wheelhouse maybe but all of this is, and all of us are having these conversations right now, which I think is great that you're bringing all these different faces that, I mean, some, some of them I don't know, and maybe listeners don't, or the other tattooers, and 
That's good. It's good. I mean, it's like we were saying before, you know, having uncomfortable conversations about things or like diving into like uncomfortable areas of conversations that people might have like some, some rubs on and be like, Oh no, I don't agree with that at all, but it doesn't make it not exist or it doesn't make the the point of view of the other person, uh, less relevant, you know? Yeah. So it's cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, if, if there's anything that I would like to think I could help with is to make people feel more comfortable discussing because that's what I'm interested in. Sure. And never feel like because you, maybe you don't know enough about something because I think this episode we've proven you don't need to know much to talk about anything because we don't know anything about what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, this is like, <laughs> we're like, we're like very much scratching the surface on all these different shops and people and all this stuff, but there's still a discussion there and you can't, you can't hold it against someone that they don't know everything about everything right. and like devalue their opinion or their experience or whatever it may be. And that the only way we're going to learn is if we're comfortable discussing this with our peers, with not our peers, with people that are different than us. Right. And people in our industry that you don't know and that you don't you have no idea what they're doing on their, on their end of things. Yeah. For and you sure. can learn tons of shit from everybody. Yeah. As we're sitting here, I found a link online that is entitled learn how to tattoo. And this is a bar called F I B tattoo bar. It's actually right here in New York. And the description is tattoo guns and open bars. My, oh my. Dude, get those guns out. Yeah. Fuck. I thought guns were illegal in New York, but not at FIB Tattoo Bar because they have a plan moms everywhere will hate. Give a rad <laughs> sleeve to a piece of synthetic skin or a melon if you prefer to go green. Amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, let's break this down. <laughs> How do you give a sleeve to a piece of synthetic skin? Does it have an arm? They're just trying to get ranked I'm, high on I Google mean, search. We're going to go do this, right? So we're <laughs> going to find out. I think we should. To be fair, I'm if I choose the melon, I'd be going back to my roots because the first thing I tattooed was three oranges. So you're comfortable. Yeah, I've been here, man. That's why they call you the melon man at the shop. <laughs> that's why every time a melon well, now they walks will. <laughs> in, every time a melon walks into the shop, that's your walk. Then you're up. There's so many directions I could go with that, but I'm just gonna leave it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We don't want to go any deeper with that. We'll, we'll let that be. Everything from inks to tattoo machines is included. If you are proud of your skills, celebrate by cracking open a cold one from the bar. You'll be buzzing. Wow. Man, they're really... I can't wait to get there. Can we just go right now? I'm fucking ready. <laughs> I think... Well, not so fast. I just found another article. <laughs> it's, it might be disappointing. It's titled... Tattoo bar closed by health department for inking and drinking. Oh, health you inspectors, just found it. <laughs> health inspectors <laughs> closed Forever Ink Bar Thursday when they found a tattoo workshop taking place in the bar, owner said. Brooklyn's first tattoo parlor and bar was shuttered by health inspectors who found an inking and drinking workshop happening inside City Records Show. So I think that if we're going to try to be true investigators <laughs> of the disruption of this tattoo industry... The only option we have is to go over right now to FIB Tattoo Bar and see what it is that's doing. I wish I had a detective's hat right now, but I'm fucking ready, man. I have one for you. Fuck you. <laughs> so we hopped into a cab and headed straight to FIB Tattoo Bar. I asked our driver what he thought about a bar that lets anyone with 35 bucks start tattooing stuff. He said, sounds tight. And I think I agreed. Flatbush area of uh, Brooklyn right now. We are going to get our uh, ink on while we uh, get our drink on, I think, as they put it. Yep. When we walked into the bar, we were greeted with two release forms, and we redeemed our free drinks that came with the price of admission. And then it was tat time. We headed downstairs to the basement, which is a tattoo shop by day, and saw a couple tables with some melons and some tat guns and power supplies and envelopes full of stencils. Throughout the night, we took turns going back and forth, completing our stencils. Justin and I may have embellished the designs a little more than the other people in the class. We were trying to be incognito and fly under the radar, but the young man who was leading the class on a couple occasions asked us, have you ever done this before? And we assured him that no, we just draw a lot, and then quickly deflected by asking, how do you hold this thing? Or what's the weirdest tattoo you've ever done? Got him. 
And there were games and contests and free drink tickets and lots of laughs and good times. And as we redeemed those free drinks and the night progressed and we had more and more fun and the music got louder and the tack guns got faster and the ink was a slinging to and fro. And all of a sudden the class was over. We headed back up and I realized that the bartender upstairs was not just a tattooer, but one of the co-owners of FIB. And I conducted one of my most coherent and thoughtful interviews ever after drinking all night. Okay, so what's your name? Ricardo Rivera. And you own FIB Tattoo Bar? Correct. So, I make a podcast called Books Closed, which is about tattooing, but Mm -hmm. this particular episode is about industry disruptors. We found ourselves here. Myself, I tattoo up in New Hampshire, Mm -hmm. and Justin, who is with me, works at King's Ave, which is probably one of the best shops in New York. So we had a lot of fun downstairs. Okay. Um, So so, you lied to me. Yes, we did. We, we lied to you, but now we're coming clean. What inspired you to start this uh, drinking and inking class on Thursdays? Okay, um, uh, we started, we started uh, about 20 years ago, tattooing and stuff, you know, have a lot of experience in it. Yeah. We opened up a couple of shops during the, those periods of times. And a lot of people, like, because we know the neighborhood we're in or whatever, they always ask for, like, if they could go and get a drink before, or they could get a beer before they get tattooed. Right. You know, so I was like, you know what, it could be a great idea that we could just provide that for them, you know. Yeah. Just offer a drink or two. We call it the liquid courage. <laughs> so people need a little extra courage, right? Yeah, sometimes you do, you know. I don't know if you noticed that we were on, on Insider. Yep. So That's that was, how I found you. Yeah, that was pretty big. So a lot of shops all over the world, I mean, all over the state started like hitting us with bad things. Like, oh, why are you letting people in our sacred world? You know, and I'm, I mean, I love tattooing. That's what I live on. And I say, like, why not, you know, can people, like, just regular people just find out, like, what it is to, how hard it is to actual tattoo. Why do you think that those shops were hating on you? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're insecure of them, their abilities of tattooing. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know. That's probably, you know, I'm not sure. But, you know, like, they say that if you have people hating on you, that means you're doing something good. That is true. I have heard that before. I saw an article where the health department was giving you guys a hassle. What what happened with that? Okay, they just uh, they just didn't know, and then you straightened. Obviously, it's straightened out now. So yeah, yeah. The thing is that um, somebody came and said that we were like tattooing. They said that we were tattooing people up here, which is not true. No. Uh, so the health department came and they were like, "Okay, you're doing the tattoos up here. You're dealing with needles. You're dealing with food." And uh, they just said, "You can't do it here." And went the bar because we were doing it in the bar. You know, we didn't see that no problem uh, okay. with it. It was the same thing, but just in the bar. And then I just, we just started doing it downstairs, and everything was, got cleared. Because downstairs is a full-on tattoo shop. Yep. Exactly. Well, there we go. Do you have anything you want to tell the haters? Do I want to tell the haters? It's not what you think, you know? Nobody's going to take your jobs. <laughs> I can tell you. We saw that table next to us. They're not taking anyone's jobs. Yep. You see? They sucked. <laughs> and let me tell you, they give out... You got all the prices, right? No, not even. That's how I know it's rigged. So if anything, I'm going to call the Gaming Commission and say that this is rigged. We had a great time. I'm glad. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Come back again. We'll be back. All right, cool. There's there's nothing I like more than paying to do what I do for a living. (laughs) There you go. Thank you, man. I'm not going to lie. I had a fucking blast. This was a lot of fun. Super fun. It seemed like everyone had a good time. It was lighthearted. Yeah. We had we've had a few drinks and got to. There was this is great. If you're here and you're on some sort of like early date and you don't tattoo, bring your date here. There was a couple here that was on their second date, sick second date. She's pregnant. She got pregnant tonight. We watched it. It was weird. It was planned. <laughs> so look, let's wrap this up here. Thank you so much for being on the show. I've never taken a guest on a field trip, but this there's a first for everything. So, hey, tonight's the night. It was such such a good time. Hey, thank you. You're doing a great thing. Thank you. I'm stoked on it. All Have right. A blast. Well, we'll see you next time. Thank you for checking out this episode of Books Closed, and welcome to season three. We are here. I hope you enjoyed hearing this week from Justin and Sean Zay, and a little bit about FIB Tattoo Bar. 
All their links and info is included in the show notes, so please go check them all out. Let them know what you thought about them on Books Closed. I'm Andrew Stortz. You can follow me on Instagram at Andrew Stortz, S-T-O-R-T-Z. And if you want to keep up with the show, head over to our website at booksclosedpodcast.com, where you can find everything about all of our episodes and merch and videos. And if you didn't know, there is a full video version of all these episodes. So if you want to see Justin and I tattooing some melons, head over to our website and check out our videos on YouTube so you can not only hear but see all these things. One more huge thank you to our sponsors this week, Eternal Inc. and Atonement Books, whose info is also included in our show notes, so please show them some love. And I will see you again next week.